Hello, beautiful people. What's going on? I am here live once again, unannounced, uninvited. Well, I can't say uninvited. I'm broadcasting live in my trigger-proof Facebook community with a few changes. The first one is I'm doing it standing, and I'm really excited to be having this conversation talking about one of my most um, favorite topics in the entire world, trauma bonds. Why is that so important to me? I'm going to explain that in a moment, but if you are just hearing me for the very first time or you're brand new to my content or my community, welcome. Welcome to the Trigger Proof Facebook community. My name is Dr. Nima Romani. I'm a retired chiropractor who basically lives my life as though my mess is my message. When I was 13 years old, I had headaches and hip pain and went to a chiropractor and poof, I was like, wow, this this shit is magic. I want to be a chiropractor. My mess, which was hip pain and headaches, became my message. I want to help other people with these same ailments. And slowly, over time, I started noticing interesting things. If you uh, are a body worker, massage therapist, osteopath, medical doctor, um, uh, you name it, chiropractor, physiotherapist, you name it, you will understand that there is a very intricate kind of relationship between physical ailments and health issues and emotional stress. And I, everybody knows it, but I wanted to actually do something about it. I, it wasn't in my offerings. It wasn't in what I was offering humanity, my community. So I dared to dream that one day I would be working with people who wanted to go upstream and get to the root cause of the root cause of the root cause, which all has to do with a connection to self. If we can just keep going upstream to every health issue that you've had, with the rare exception of kind of genetic disorders like Huntington's, Korea, um, you know, problems like like gene gene issues, <coughs> having genetic disorders which are roughly about 3% of chronic issues. So the majority are diseases or disorders of lifestyle, disorders of what I've discovered to be not just hereditary, but family systems. The way that we learn to adapt to stress, the way that we eat, we move, we think, what we believe, who we believe that we are is informed by our early attachments, our attachments, our parents, what they, who they believe they are is downloaded to us. And so as I always say this, the greatest gift that we can give our children is a self-loving parent because a parent that doesn't love themselves will uh, download their lack of self-love, their shame, their guilt, uh, unconsciously through no, you know, even with all the right intentions onto the child. If you don't believe me, just ask the, ask yourself the question, do my, did my mother and father love themselves? And if they didn't, and and, and if they, if they did, congratulations, you have unicorn parents. (laughs) 
If they didn't, what was the relationship like with one another? And what was, how did they parent you in the context of that lack of self-love? So as a chiropractor, I saw this pattern and I would see patients with chronic issues and I was like, God, I really want to work with people who are ready to give up the victimhood, who are ready to give up the labels, who are ready to give up, you know, uh, the diagnosis and the labels and to actually go to the root cause and to heal. And so now I do fast forward several years. And um, now I am proud to say I run a community of cycle breakers, people who are like, didn't start with me, but it's going to end with me and I'm going to break that cycle. I'm going to prevent it from going down to the next generation because of my unconscious unconsciousness. <clears throat> Currently, I'm married now. It's almost our three-year anniversary in the recording of this um, episode, this transmission, and we have a two-year-old son, and he's two, and I'm very well aware of how my unconscious my unconscious, unresolved traumas that are stored in my body, which come out not as memories, but they come out as reactions, can then be downloaded onto my son, right? And so my shame, my unresolved shame, my unresolved guilt, my resentment that hasn't been dealt with, my father wound that hasn't been dealt with with my dad, my mother wound that hasn't been dealt with my mom, <clears throat> all gets played out in the family system, creating an environment for Dominic that potentially has him not feeling safe, uh, not feeling uh, safe to express himself as his authentic self. It's really what it's about. The relationship, why, are we, why do I keep talking about it? Why am I so interested in talking about attachment trauma? Because I went upstream in my own life and realized that no matter how intelligent I was, unresolved attachment trauma gets played out in our relationships. They don't come through in our, they don't come through in our uh, memories. They come through in our reactions. So you're anxiously attached. It's often because you didn't have consistency from mother and father to that we're going to be predictable and consistent in their love and their emotional attunement. This experience where you felt like you had to work to get love, that's an insecure attachment, often anxious attachment. Or if you're like me and you were avoidant before you understood the inner work, you had the experience where big emotions to express them to your parents didn't get the results and the outcomes that you really wanted, which was love, which was, you know, connection. So you adapted by becoming an island and kind of like dealing with your emotions yourself. And when other people's emotions are big around you, you often maybe felt responsible. So when someone has big emotions around you, you're like, I got to get the hell out of here. Right? Because, and that's avoidance, right? So it's usually one side or the other, and there's variations. Disorganized, you have kind of both parts playing simultaneously, and it's a whole other clusterfuck to deal with. Um, but it all comes down to unresolved attachment trauma. And when they're unresolved, <clears throat> what happens is we then go looking to resolve them, re to resolve, to solve them, to resolve them with our intimate partnerships. We seek out partners that 
mimic that same pattern from childhood as an attempt, as an unconscious attempt for the child inside of us to get a sense of completion and wholeness. And this is the unconscious dance of the trauma bond. And the reason why I'm teaching this is because I started seeing this pattern with my patients and I knew that there was something unresolved with, with stress, with trauma. But it wasn't until I had a big wake-up call in my last relationship. I had divorced mm, 15 years ago, actually. <clears throat> I was married 15 years ago, actually, just this last week. It, was our, it would have been our 15-year anniversary. But 20, 2008, I married uh, this lovely uh, woman who I met salsa dancing and we were totally in love. And after three years, I was just like, eh, I can't do it. I gotta get the hell out of here. And so I was the avoidant and I left. And from that moment, I started a trail of one unconscious relationship after another, after another, which mimicked the same patterns where there was a very deep, intense initial attraction, highly sexualized, and then at some point, I would feel this, uh, this, this sense of responsibility that I felt the need to escape from, which is classic avoidant pattern. And then I would leave. And I would want connection, but when it would happen, I would just be like, get me the fuck out of here, All right? Perhaps you've dated somebody like me or you're married to someone like me right now. My, my condolences. But it wasn't until my last relationship, oh, by the way, those of you who are Canadian, if you know, you know. Um, so it wasn't until my last relationship that this pattern just completely blew up in my face and it became, it, it was like each one was getting worse and the last one became abusive. Now there's many forms of abuse. Um, there's emotional abuse, there's mental abuse. Uh, there's many, many different forms, there was violence, there's many different forms of violence from the words that we choose, from the energy that we bring to physical violence. Um, it, we had all of it involved, okay? From waking up and waking the other person up to torment them emotionally, to threats on the business and all sorts of fun, crazy shit, just like it may be in your situation. And it ended up with me getting, with both of us, but myself actually physically getting violent and slapping her. And that moment was like a huge wake-up call. There was other, t other types of altercations throughout the relationship, but it really, you know, in 2018, in March, the, the suppression of the truth and the hiding and the shame of this really incongruent relationship that I was never really going to commit to came to a boil. And that's when I woke up and said, all right, what the fuck is going on? And I discovered what a trauma bond was. It's like, holy shit, I'm, I'm in a trauma bond. I didn't even know what the fuck a trauma bond was. But I knew that this was the pattern that kept showing up in my relationships. And I was committed whatever it took, whatever distance I had to travel, whatever price I had to pay, here I am at that time, it was around 2018. I was like, why is it that I am intelligent, but I can't 
figure this love thing out, you know, and I didn't know, was it authentic love? Was that, was I really, was it love or not? Tell me if you've ever had that experience where you're like, am I really in love with this person or is it codependency? Is this love or is this like <clears throat> an unhealthy addiction? Type in the chat. Let me know. I'd love to hear um, if you've ever experienced that because that's where I was. I was like, I thought I loved her. I would say I love you all the time. But until I actually committed to healing at the root of the trauma bond, which is all about the relationship with self, the relationship with the body, the relationship with the higher power, until I got that right and released that stored traumatic stress from my body, not just talk therapy, not just watching a bunch of videos, not just YouTube, uh, not just uh, reading books, although all three of those are helpful in raising awareness, I was, I'm referring to shifting the narrative in the body. It's the difference between understanding salsa dancing at a cognitive level and going, oh yeah, this person's dancing on the one beat. Oh yeah, that person's dancing on the two beat. I get that conceptually. <coughs> Excuse me, get a bit of a dry throat. But this was the difference between me understanding at a body-based level. I thought to myself, okay, my biggest fear is living life not experiencing true love. Was this love or was this codependency? Was it love or was it a trauma bond? So in this transmission, I'm going to kind of, I got my little Apple pen here. I got my little uh, iPad and I'm going to do a little diagram, drafting a dr diagram for you to distinguish trauma bond versus real love. Actually, I'll write it down right now here. Trauma bond. trauma bond. Can you see that? Okay. Versus real love. Sorry there. Versus real love. And I'm going to go over some key points and describe them to you so that you can look at your life and go, all right, which one is it? So that maybe you can go, fuck, okay, wow. I've done the work. I've done the work and I used to have trauma bonds, but now the person I'm with is real love. Thank God I've done the work and I can now see the difference because I had no clue. And how are you supposed to know if you haven't done the actual inner work? And most people say, oh, I've done the work. I've done years of therapy. And then they join our programs and they go, holy shit, I haven't actually done the work. This isn't to knock therapists or psychologists, but you can't heal unless the adult part of you reconciles with the child part of you that had those attachment traumas. And that can't be done by talking. It must be felt through. And it sounds weird, but it's a different dance and it involves integrating these triggers and these shadow parts of us, these hidden parts of us, these parts of us that we've been suppressing, denying, pretending are, are not there to really look at them um, with, with objectively and to bring love, loving awareness and uh, compassion towards all those parts of us. So there's to, to, to do true healing requires a lot of grief work. You know, the biggest part of this work is grieving the unmet needs of the child inside of you. 
people don't want to do that. They just want to kind of like bury their heads in the sand and just keep watching Netflix, keep strolling, keep scrolling, keep jerking off to porn, keep just avoiding, avoiding, avoiding the conversation. And then life is passing them by and there's no real embodied experience of life. You know, what the fuck is life anyway, except this journey that we're just all supposed to go out and get dopamine hits, you know, just pleasure, seeking pleasure and reward all the time. I discovered, you know, this, this journey through the dark night of your soul going from trauma bond, excuse me, trauma bond to real love <coughs> is a dark night of the soul that involves us going through this path where we can really truly find love first for ourselves. I know it sounds cheesy and corny, but it's true. And it's a spiritual path and it's a path and it's no finish line. It can't be done in five weeks. It's a lifelong path. And so I am really honored to guide people now who are committed to walking that path. It's a path. You got to walk. You can't avoid it. So, and, and we do need a guide, um, I, you know, whether you're, whether you choose a guide or a therapist or whatever, or a, we need a community as well. Um, I do encourage everybody in this community who's listening to walk that path, you know, whether it's with me or somebody else. So let me just share with you some distinctions um, of trauma bond versus uh, authentic relationship. So in a trauma bond, how do you know if it's a trauma bond? Well, it starts with instant chemistry instant chemistry and irresistible, sorry, instant, let me just say this again, instant attraction, attraction and irresistible chemistry. What is that? Why does that happen in a trauma bond? All of a sudden, love at first sight. Type in the chat if you can recall or you can relate to this, is that you have like, oh my God, love at first sight. And immediately, right after your first date or two, you literally like, or you just decide, hey, let's just move in together. This was me of my last relationship. It was instant chemistry, right? It was becoming best friends. We had the work, right? We had, um, we were both students of John Demartini. Uh, she was in a place where she wanted to leave her, her life, her relationship. Um, she wanted a safe landing uh, financially. She wanted a, a, some legitimacy because she had a sex working operation. She was a, um, a madam for sex workers, a past as a sex worker. She saw an opportunity. Usually there's this co-rescuing kind of situation where both parties are rescuing one another from something, whether you're being rescued from loneliness, whether you're being rescued from a toxic relationship of the past, whether you're being rescued from your health issues, whether you're being rescued from low self-esteem, whatever it is, in that instant kind of chemistry and attraction, that's a good sign where trauma bonds begin. Soulmates, oh my God, we're twin flame soulmates. Soulmates become cellmates eventually, right? So how do you know what's the difference between that and true love? Well, when I met Diana, it started with attraction. 
okay? Attraction and curiosity that builds over time. Basically, it feels like a warm cup of oatmeal. It's curiosity. Oh, okay, let's see, right? So ladies, if you meet a man, a gentleman, I'm using heterosexual kind of language, but this I'm not excluding anyone. I'm just using this for the sake of simplicity, if that offends you. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. I apologize in advance. I'm just going to try and keep it as simple as possible. Um, if you, let's say masculine, feminine, I'm not excluding anyone. This works at same-sex couples as well. Uh, there's a masculine and a feminine. There's a polarity there. So what happens is, is when there is the the love bombing phase, dopamine is getting activated like crazy. You don't know what it is. What is it about this person that's so um, that's so alluring, that's so irresistible? It's not just how they look, but often it's this energy, this stored traumatic energy that is very familiar. Family, familiar means like family. And it's this concept of through this other person, there's something familiar that feels like home. It's an unresolved attachment trauma from home. It's exactly the same energetically. And by merging with this person, I can then complete what was incomplete in childhood. It's energy. It's irresistible. Okay, when you feel that and you're like compulsively like going after that person, red flag, red flag. This is, you might be in a trauma bond. Because once you do the work and you heal from those attachment traumas, you're now able to see that and feel those sensations but not be overtaken by them. Those of you who, are, who identify with as the feminine, the feminine, and you see the masculine love bombing you and you're being love bombed, okay? And that irresistibleness that you feel claimed, that you feel heavily pursued, right? Just know that masculine men or people who are in their healthy masculine don't kind of abandon their own kind of kingdom to make you the pedestal, to pedestalize you. That's actually a sign of emasculated men. A man who is grounded in his masculine will basically be like, all right, I'll, this, I had an amazing time. I can't wait. Let's see each other next week. An emasculated man will be like, I need to see you every single day. Move in with me tomorrow so that you can become my mother and then wipe my ass eventually. Uh, <laughs> that's emasculated, okay? So we're talking polarity and, and everything. So trauma bonds are unconscious polarity because there's a polarizing charge to, to merge with what was unresolved in childhood. That's why within a short period of time, you feel like that person's mother because they're trying to complete, if you're the feminine, he, he's, he's trying to complete and individuate with his mother. So his first job is to turn you into his mother. <laughs> so this is the foundation of the trauma bond. Tell me if this is landing or resonating with you, okay? So the second part 
is the connection, connection, highly physical and sexual. There's just this charge. That's the polarity. It's that erotic friction of polarity that happens. And it's just like, boom, and it's physical and it's sexual, right? That was exactly what my last relationship was pretty much all about. She would use sex to love bomb me. I would, you know, like it was just like a, it was a cycle breakdown and then sex was used to pull me back in you know, take away the sex and question is take away the sex. And do you really like one another? Would you hang out with this person without that? Okay. That's a good indicator, right? Take away the sex. Do you like the person? I could easily say hell no to the other person, to the other. Like it was just without the set and the sex was great, but without the sex, do you really even like the person? Right. Real love connection is connection it's not only sexual sure but it's emotional you feel emotionally held and understood um, intellectual and it's spiritual Okay, so there's a greater kind of there's the trauma bond is concentrated in one area and real love is kind of dispersed. You have more greater areas of compatibility. Tell me if this is landing for you. So if that, if that is where you notice, are you noticing trauma bond in your relationship or are you noticing true love? I'm curious, type in the chat. Type it in the, uh, in the comment section. I, I read all of them, so I wanna know. And the next one is in trauma bond, relationship cycles, Cycles through extreme highs and lows. Why? Why does that happen? Well, love bombing phase, there's unconscious polarity because both nervous systems have unresolved attachment trauma and are seeking for completion. So it's like a fucking highly polarized magnet and then once that attachment happens immediately the one part because it's kind of like a an unconscious uh what's the word i'm looking for um it's a covert what's the word jeez i'm having a brain fart here <clears throat> i'll remember it it is a a deal it's the, 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 the narcissist role and the borderline role, codependent role, whichever one, they're both kind of mirrors of one another, um, strikes a deal, says, listen, I'm going to be your mother. I'm going to be the mother that you never had by loving you unconditionally, right? Love bombing the shit out of you. So you feel claimed and all of a sudden you love yourself. And it's not them that you fall in love with. It's the idealized version of yourself that you fall in love with under their gaze, right? And then you're like, and then once they got you, then deep down, they have their mother and they want to individuate from mom, okay? This is one of the deep, this is the reason why 
they seek after you really quickly and then they bolt as soon as like intimacy happens because deep down inside they haven't broken free from the energetic trauma bond to mom. So this trauma bond between you and the partner, it's not between you and the partner. It's between, it's between unresolved issues with mom and unresolved issues with mom and dad. It's, there's a combination of both happening. So the first step is to make you the mother by love bombing you. And then all of a sudden now you want to nurture him and take care of him like mom. And then the next thing is I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to individuate from mom, but I'm using you in the relationship to do it. Does that make sense? So then what happens is you have the high, the, the addictive kind of like love bombing phase. And then the low when individuation, breaking free, which is the devaluing and the discarding. You weren't what I thought you were. You know, you, you saying, oh my God, you're the most amazing thing in the world. And then you're a slut. You're the worst thing in the world. That's why there's such a discrepancy by what you're telling one another. You're the greatest ever, most beautiful, never met anyone like you. You're the scum of the earth right? Extreme highs and lows. And when the low happens and then you say, fuck you, I don't want to see you anymore. All of a sudden the abandonment wound comes up, activating the love bombing phase. And because you don't love yourself, you take them back in. I didn't love myself. I would take her back in. And the sex got me every time I was powerless. I didn't have impulse control. Couldn't sex was used as a tool to regulate one another, to feel better rather than to better feel all because of these unresolved wounds and the relationship goes through highs and lows. However, that that's a trauma bond. However, a real true love relationship is stable, stable and predictable. Stable and predictable based on mutual trust. And guess what? Everybody says they want that. But the problem is if we haven't healed our wounds and healed from those attachment wounds, if we don't have these extreme highs and lows, we we feel that that's boring. If we haven't healed, like... I, if I didn't do the work of healing that my, my attachment traumas, which for four years we had these cycles of highs and lows in our trauma bond, <clears throat> love bombing, devaluing, discarding. The man, by the way, love bombs with like all the, the, the all of the, the the promises, and you're my you're the most amazing thing, and I promise you. The woman does the love bombing, and on on the other side, the woman will love bomb using sex often. Okay, this is usually the pattern that, that we see with our, uh, the people that we help. <clears throat> if you don't heal that kind of unconscious dance, what happens is a stable, predictable relationship. You're like, ew, boring, <laughs> right? If I hadn't done my healing work, I totally would have overlooked somebody safe and secure and stable like Diana because I just was all about the chaos. Type in the chat, tell me in the comments. Can you relate to that? That there's a little bit of a kinky high that you get off of the fucking chaos. Hello, trauma bond, red flag. That's basically how it works, right? So, and it, it, I just wanna kind of take the whole shame 
conversation away because there's nothing to be ashamed of, even though you might be embarrassed about it. You might actually, you know, your friends are so fucking tired and irritated of having to hear your stories. Oh my God, they're back together. You might even be hiding it from people because you're so embarrassed. You know, it's so disgusting that you're back with this person, which hello, I, uh, I can relate. I started hiding this for, for like a year. I was in secrecy because I didn't want my family to know all of my, my family couldn't handle this person. It couldn't because of what she represented, who I was around her. It was, it was a fuck. It was a clusterfuck, right? So you're in secrecy, you're silence, you're in shame about the whole thing, but it's something you can't stop. Okay. So another key component to the trauma bond is that, um, important, important, conversations are avoided every week she would be like where's this relationship going i need a promise and i'd be like "Eh, can we talk about it later Uh, i don't want to talk about it right what are we what's happening Uh, let's just sweep it under the rug where where is this going uh And if you keep going with this, congratulations, you might be in a trauma bond. Whereas with real love, my, my wife and I, we have like a set time Sunday night when we're like, all right, let's bring up anything throughout the week that has, that we've been suppressing or hiding. Let's deal with it now because we don't want to have anything between us. Important converse in real life, in real love, important conversations Convos are a priority. Type in the chat, type in the um, comment section. Let me know if you can relate to any of these. Are you seeing yourself in, can you acknowledge that it's real love? Can you acknowledge that it's a trauma bond? Okay, so often marriages are in trauma bonded situations. What do you think that's like for the kids? If you're wondering, look at what it was like for you growing up. Did you have codependency with your family system? Was your dad the narcissist and your mother was the codependent or was it flipped? Your mother was the narcissist and your dad was the codependent and you got to see them going, fuck, what a clusterfuck their relationship was. What was that like for you to receive that energy? This is passing on to the children. And you're modeling, you're receiving kind of like being born into a fishbowl with dirty water. You're basically getting the information of like, this is what a relationship is. So I'm just going to model the same thing to the next generation. If you have children with this person, guess what they get to see? Now, I'm not saying this to mom shame you or dad shame you, mom guilt or dad guilt, but we must have this conversation. I'm, I'm interested in working with people who are ready to break that cycle and to break that cycle we got to be able willing to be triggered tell me if this is this conversation is a little bit triggering to you do you have the courage to stay in it or do you want to bail and run out and bury your head in the sand like most people and keep avoiding because our society is going to hell in a handbasket affairs sexting pornography couples are not connected and then children don't feel the stability of a, of a family system. 
Our families are at stake. Our health is at stake. So thank you for being here in this conversation and having the courage to actually listen and hopefully do something about it. Take action, right? So the next one in a trauma bond is the relationship feels like feels like an addiction. You are powerless to quit. See this all the time on the on our my webinars that I do, my master classes that I do. People come on, they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to do anything about it." They say that they are. They, I'm, I just want to learn more information, uh, maybe to fix my relationship. They have zero desire to step up and heal because that might risk losing this motherfucker. <laughs> it's classic trauma bond, right? That's why many of the experts say they can't be broken. And I found a certain type of person who can. That's what we do. We walk people through that process. I didn't think I could, but if I can do it, so can you. And this isn't about your level of intelligence. This is about your level of courage. Let me say that again. To heal this is not about your level of intelligence. It's about your level of courage, okay? In true love, in real love, the relationship, that's basically what it was for me before, by the way, like an addiction. It was sex was used. I was like, I gotta, get, I gotta leave. And then sure enough, after a couple weeks or a week or a few days, she'd show up and offer sex and really be, you know, soft and feminine, you know, before when it was, when we were in our uh, con conflict, she was just heavy in her masculine with judgment and blame and shame and it was just repulsive. And then all of a sudden, when the breakdown happens, she turns into her soft feminine and just becomes really like submissive and boom, I like a fucking caught me every single time, right? Um, powerless to quit real love feels feels like an honor and privilege honestly i i i would have thought that sounds like really strange but what happens is when you heal you get connected with divinity there's a divine nature in all of us, wouldn't you agree? You have divinity in, within you and also an animal nature. So there's spirituality, there's material. We're, we're dualistic. So you have an animal nature and you have a divine nature. And once you heal, you raise that frequency from your animal self to your divine self. And you start to see love as a privilege. You see yourself in a role. I see the divine feminine within my wife. And to nurture, to take care of her, to take care of her heart is like a privilege as a man to do. For her to take care of me and Dominic, she takes her, she takes that role on like a privilege. So trauma bond or real love? Tell me what you have experienced. Tell me what's, what your biggest takeaway is. And my intention is to teach people how to actually heal the root cause. And when you do the inner work, which requires getting out of your head, developing a sense of emotional literacy, 
learning how to deal with the triggers as they come up. Because if you're in a trauma bond, you can actually, you'll get triggered a lot. What to do, how to respond rather than react. How to change your trauma responses from fight, flight, freeze, and fawn to completely shifting. If you're a fighter, becoming more agreeable. If you're a runner, being able to stick around and just lean into the conversation. If you're a freezer or a, or a hider, how to lean in and speaking up. Or if you're, how to lean in and, and, and be in the conversation. Or if you're a fawner, which means having to fix and placate, to actually stand up for yourself. These trauma patterns that you learn from childhood unresolved attachment wounds to keep you safe are actually hindering us in our intimate partnerships in relationships. And it's not anybody's job. Nobody's coming to rescue you. It's our job to actually heal that and to go through the process, the path of healing that trauma bond. This is why it's so critical for me to help people heal like um, Emily, for example, who was from one trauma bond to another and was constantly with after she was left with a, a child and pregnant with her second, completely had to pick herself off the floor, started a business and started relationships where she would find herself in these trauma bonds again and again, reached out to me and started working and going through that path. And now her business is crushing it. And she's now for the first time in her life in a relationship where she doesn't, isn't run by the fear of abandonment. Or um, somebody like um, Lindsay, who I just interviewed last week, who was constantly in these situationships, feeling completely disconnected from her body and was able to jump in and break that cycle and heal at a body-based level. And now that situationship has now been upgraded and he freaking claimed her and wants to be with her. Or somebody like Joe, for example, who really just complete unconsciousness in his second marriage and decided to the best way for him to deal with these his abandonment wounds was to go outside of his marriage and break his vows and to be with a be with a prostitute and his wife finds out and lent st starts them off on this journey that that uh, for the last 7 years trying to find answers with talk therapy and couples counseling and at their wits end they she finally after seven years said i want to break i want to i want to separate we need to move out that's when he reached out to me and he began the actual healing work 62 years old and had gone through several therapists and on his call with me he was like first call with me he goes i don't know i spent four or five different therapists talking about that same event that happened when i was a child with my mother this feels totally different. And he's now been able to completely transform his relationship with himself. And his wife all of a sudden is like, all right, what have you been doing? I got to do this work too. And now she's jumped in in our Cycle Breakers um, uh, collective and alchemy of polarity um, trainings. And their relationship is now starting to shift. And now they're working on the next level, which is to create some polarity because she's gone into her masculine. 
he's gone into emasculation and gone into his feminine. And so they're really trying to rebalance that to get that connection going again. And they're doing amazing. And so it's a work in progress. That's why I say it's a path. There's no finish line. Just make sure that you are clear with where you are now and where you'd love to be in the next six months and go and find yourself a guide and a community that's dedicated to healing this. There's no BS, no kind of love and light trying to spiritual bypass, but actually dropping into the body and getting real and feeling shit. And so I'm curious, what has come up for you in this conversation? What are you receiving from this? And if you have any questions or you're actually ready or you're curious, send me a DM. Give me your backstory. Tell me why you're committed. And if you're committed, let's see if you're, we're the right fit to walk that path together. That's my next call. So hopefully that was relevant for you. Tell me what came up for you if this was useful. And if you have any questions, go ahead and DM me. Let me know what's up. And I'll see you at the next perfect time.